0: Have you ever wondered what some of the best software products to do animation and VFX are? Well, stay tuned, because in this episode, number 2110, the CG Bros will be doing a deep dive into that subject when they answer the commonly asked question, what is the best software to do animation and VFX? On the CG Bros, CG Insider Podcast.
1: Well, hey there. It's great to see you again, and welcome back to the CG Insider Podcast. In this week's podcast episode, the CG Bros are going to answer the great, a great question submitted by Tina F., a viewer from Denver, Colorado. And uh, Tina asks, what is the best software to do CGI animation and VFX? I'm Bill Johnston. And I'm Sean Johnston. And uh, by the end of today's podcast, uh, you'll know about the software for doing both CGI animation and for creating VFX animation, as well as why you might want to choose one software over the other. We're gonna talk about software for modeling, uh, for texturing and the strengths and weaknesses of each software because there are, uh, each each of those, these types of software is used for creating both animation and VFX. And by the time we're done, you'll be able to hopefully decide for yourself what software you might wanna use for creating your own animation and VFX. Uh, so there's a lot to get to on this subject. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, so let's go ahead and discuss the concept of maybe using the right tool for the job. That's probably the best place to start out. Uh, Sean, what do you think?
2: Uh, that sounds great. Uh, in my experience, uh, video games in particular, um, I've experienced that uh, there's many uh, software programs that I've tried, and each one of those has many features um, for each one. And so, for some of the larger, uh, the most common uh, software that you would you would have would be uh, currently Maya. Um, you'd have 3D Studio Max. You'd have um, Lightwave, um, and those those type of programs. Um, those programs are probably the, the most uh, used programs currently. Maya is probably one of the largest, and each and so each one has a particular strength, and 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 some of them have weaknesses. Maya has uh, basically everything you could you could expect out of every in a package. It's got you know you've got your modeling, you've got your VFX, you've got your rigging, your texturing, um, you've got your animating. You've got, um, you know, simulations. You can do physics simulation, cloth simulations, yep. uh, all those things. Um, but there's other software that um, is, pati- is particularly just for doing one or two of those things, or even something that's slightly different. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I I'd say that, I'd say you know there's no software, and the reason we you know we're even going through this this uh, podcast is because there's no there's no one size fits all solution. There's not a silver bullet for different you know for software that you know if I just buy this one thing, it's going to do everything I need it to do. Um, and that, it's really important to to get you know to look at the different softwares that you've mentioned and and really find out you know what what is the right tool for the job because it 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 really depends on what it is you're really you're know, trying to do. I think doesn't it?
2: Yes. And, you know, many feature. you know, some of those have as many features as possible. They just kind of crammed it in and over time, a lot of these packages, uh, the main ones I just mentioned um, have, um, you know, bought other companies that were particularly doing um, things well and like Softimage and Alias Wavefront and those things were, um, uh, you know, Power Animator was incorporated into, you know, Maya. And then a lot of the, the over time, a lot of this functionality came in as, as, each one had their own strengths. They were competing with each other, of course. But some some packages, you know, um, they have concentrated on just developing just a few or even one feature, and as a result, they're more functional in getting that job done. For here's a couple of, uh, examples would be sure, yeah, you know, animation for example using motion capture. You, you have Maya, 3D Studio Max. Well, are they really good at doing motion capture? Yeah, and they're, they're not the same. Thing.
1: They're not the same. They don't. They don't. Uh, yeah, exactly. They don't have the same strengths. I mean. You know, they both say they can do animation, but, you know, what's the, what's the, what's the real scoop on that?
2: Well, right. I mean, in, uh, for example, like I said, Maya, um, that one versus Motion Builder. Motion Builder was, was made by Kadera, um, and they were particularly uh, made it specifically for motion capture. So you can do lots of um, uh, what they call takes, where you have multiple uh, moves or captures You could have a hundred takes and you can have that all in your single file and you have it on one character rig, which is, uh, you know, that you use to um, retarget to let's say a game character or a character you have in a movie or film. Um, Maya, it does have um, human IK, but uh, it's very difficult to get, you don't have things like takes, like multiple uh, takes in a, or multiple files within Maya. So it's, it's, you can do it you can set up an elaborate control rig you can use hik but really motion builder is geared specifically towards that and that's why autodesk sells it as a separate package to begin with
1: yeah you know, it's kind of um, it's kind of funny autodesk is really you know they just basically buy up these other companies that that fill in the little holes for their software i know that they you know maya like you said uh, buy, uh do they buy softimage they did. Um,
2: Microsoft yeah. purchased it first way back in the, in the 90s, I believe, or in 2000s. And then uh, they purchased it and then they, uh, they killed it. I think it was 2015, 2014, somewhere mm-hmm. around there where they basically, they're no longer supporting it. I think they were supporting it up to 2016, the year 2016, and that was it. Um, and that was used for a lot of um, uh, films like you know Jurassic Park and uh, Fifth Element and a lot of other, other um, movies that you've seen. Um, it wasn't really. I don't. I don't think at the time it was really. It took off to be used as for video games, but um, it was primarily the Maya Max in video game, the video game world, and Maya was the sexy. Uh, yes, it's used in film, and that's that's the uh, the one that people wanted to gravitate towards. Uh, uh, but Max was really really amazing because it's it was specifically used for video games because it had out of the box you had you know, a thing called biped character, character studio. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And yep. so you could, you could apply BVH, you know, motion capture files to the biped and get your character moving really, really fast. It was like just preset characters ready to go. And you could do things very quickly. Maya at the time, uh, when I, before I learned it and I was just kind of dabbling in it at the time at the studio was very daunting. It was hard to learn. There was a lot there. It was, um, you know, you can control almost anything in there. Um, Max was a little bit less given enough
1: uh, time. More,
2: yeah. It was more intuitive. Um, you know, Maya didn't it let you, it, you had to manually do things. It wasn't so easy to pick, pick up,
1: but. You know, that's a great point. Cause I, I remember, you know, with, with max three studio max, it had all the attributes, everything you needed to 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 animate was out in the open. And when, yeah. I, when I went, tried to move from Maya or from max to Maya, it's like you you had to coax out the attributes it was it was it was not like there and you had so you know in max you had the attributes and you could move the slider and and see what each each attribute did uh but uh, you know when i started learning maya it was like no you you have to request to have the the software show you the attributes that you want to use and you know i think for beginners and especially for you know people who are just starting out that that's that's a daunting task you don't know what you need to use and and what you know what does what uh and that, that I think that was really 3D studio's strength right plus the fact that it had preset scenes
2: at the time and and I was they had a lot of plugins support and so you'd have all these neat plugins you could use with preset scenes that you could learn out you know they had you know fire and explosions and things like that in their scenes already and so you could grab those things and go oh okay I'm going to tweak this. I'm going to tweak that. And this, Oh, this is how they do that.
1: Yeah. You could read it reverse engineer it. Yeah.
2: Right. And then you can make you kind of use, you know, use that and jump on top of that and use that as your base and then start, you know, experimenting, which is really cool. But, you know, obviously Maya with its, with its power, you know, you can rig your own characters. Um, you know, that, that was a, that was a pretty amazing thing. Plus all the uh, physics stuff that was um, already included in there. For doing simulations and things,
1: well, I'll tell you, my Maya, Maya was weak. I mean, uh, as far as you know, effects was concerned, Maya was extremely weak in doing the effect in the effects arena. It it was primarily an animation software, and and so you know, and that was, that goes to the point of having the right tool. It really depends on the scope and complexity and 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 the scale of, of the work that you're trying to do. You know, if you're if it's a character or an animation heavy production, did, you know, did Maya do
2: effects? Uh, no, no effects? not until
1: late. Not until late. No? Uh, I and mean, we'll talk, we can talk about that a little later, uh, but, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it, anything that, that worked with Maya was a plugin uh, and it didn't, it didn't have, I mean, it's rigid body system was pitiful. Um, I mean, trying to do physical simulations with just, you know, Maya out of the box, it was yes. brute force. And, and it, I'll tell you what uh, the results were, were far from, far from what I would expect from a, a high-end package. Like, you know, Maya, it was this, supposed to be the movie, you know, ready. Uh, software, but I think, I think, you know, as far as animation goes, it probably, it probably was, but for, for VFX, no, not until they got, uh, you know, in, I think it was version five or maybe it was a version four of Maya, but basically the, the first, you know, they got f- uh, fluid effects and that, that's what kind of brought it to, to, to be used in more VFX work, but still it's rigid body simulations. And it's still, it, even today, it still has problems uh, with, with doing uh dynamic simulations I, I you know you gotta you gotta do it with some other software
2: yeah i i, I started using it a little bit later um i think it had already, had already had those things already included in it so yeah i know at the beginning um what was that movie that that uh, launched that thing by the way I'm trying to remember with uh, bingo the clown
1: yeah bingo the clown oh my god that was hideous. I
2: mean, uh, yeah that was uh pretty uh disturbing but uh i, I remember showing that to my kids and they um they uh, they probably had nightmares um, listening to that and watching that.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's <laughs> interesting that you know a lot of the larger studios started off with off the you know they they try to you know, they start off with off the shelf uh, software, but um, but they have the capacity to to build add-ons or you know they have uh, they can put plugins in there to to gain more functionality, which really helps them to do a lot more with the same tools than you know what you and I could do just buying it off the shelf. Uh, and and that 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 really that really I think the, the ability to be able to write your own tools to, to, to co- kind of coax out those under the hood uh capabilities of a software package is, is really important for at least studios anyway but but the layman can't do that you know and so that that's kind of what w- why we say you know it really depends on what you're trying to do uh you know what what's the right tool for the job you need to done if you if you need to be you know doing animation there's you know specific packages that you would want to look at like like you said motion builder i mean that that is That's the go-to software, I think, for doing character animation, even for creature animation, isn't it?
0: We'll be back in a moment. But first, a question. Do you run a small business online but find that it lacks online presence? Are you truly engaged with your customer base and prospects? You might want to check out AlphaWave Systems. They build responsive and eye-popping websites and get first-page Google ranking results. They can energize your digital channels to grow your customer base and revenue. So... Whether it's a new website, increased social media presence, customer relations management, or analytics, you can grow your business in the cloud and experience rapid and tangible results. Go to AlphaWave.io to learn how.
2: No, I mean it. It really isn't. Um, I mean, there's not so much ah. character animation. Be- I mean, creature animation being done with it. I see. Um, you 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 can use um, their control rigs for. Um, you know, um, quadrupeds, but it's in my opinion using it every day. Um, I didn't like the way it's being used, it, it doesn't functionality wise, it just doesn't give you a lot there. Um, it's just but it's superb at doing bipedal character uh, motion capture, cleanup, filtering all the, the curves, um, the um, you know, locking down the feet, all those things you would do normally when you're. you're um, cleaning up motion capture it's it's pretty amazing plus you have a lot of um not to get too crazy involved with it but you know you have um called story and you can you can blend tracks uh uh, together similarly to like a premiere where you have two motion clips and you can blend them together yeah um and uh, it's pretty it's super super powerful i mean i've been using it for since 2010 um and i still don't know all the all the ins and outs of that thing but but Just to, to, to go back to just a couple other examples or just an example um, for the right tool for the job is, you know, today Maya has got, uh, you know, small ability to do, to do sculpting in there. You can do some, uh, you know, with some uh, Well,
1: they do have mud Mudbox now. They've got, uh, they threw, they bought Mudbox or something and now that's integrated right. into Maya. Yeah. Well,
2: Mudbox has been around for a while. I mean, I think around 2006, 2007, it was around, but then when they purchased it, um, it, it, it was used uh at least in the studio i was at but um zbrush uh is it just blows it away as far as the ability to do character sculpting and there's so many uh tools in there to do that um, that, that is definitely
1: zbrush is definitely the the uh, de facto go-to tool if you want to do high high quality high definition uh intuitive sculpting you know it's, it's basically having virtual clay in your hands uh and, and you can uh, you know, I mean, that's when most most studios actually use. That I think, to, mostly for creating characters, uh, but it could be. I mean, you can almost create anything with it.
2: Yeah, that's that's pretty much de facto standard um, ZBrush. Everybody uses that. Um, I don't know of any other
1: organic sculpting pr- programs that that even come close. Uh, no, well, Mudbox is a, is well, and that's kind of what we're talking about. Is is there's no one silver bullet, and so you know a lot of the software specializes in 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 you know or has its specific strengths. Like uh, ZBrush, it that, that's a, a modeling, and and you can even do texturing in it now, I believe. Um, so the, I mean, that is this that's the the tool to go to. But you know that you know if you have to buy you know, each separate, you know, piece of software. And, and this is kind of goes down to, to budget and where, you know, people want to, if you're looking at doing your own animation and, and VFX is, or even modeling uh, is the software that you, that you buy. I mean, I, I understand the all in one allure and that's, that's just basically for people who don't have a big budget. You know, this, these studios, they can afford different pieces of software, you know, that do specifically those tasks that need to be done. Um, but but you know somebody off the street you know like you, like the beginners they 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 rely on on a package's ability to to kind of do everything that they want because you know their budget's limited.
2: Yes, and uh, there's also you know uh, in in Maya for example they have um, you know motion graphics now that they've they've been promoting uh, for a few years. Um, yeah, it's 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 decent but most people in the industry um, are going to be using uh, cinema 4d for that yeah. or C4d that, that I mean that that to me blows everybody else out of the water I mean it's it's amazing what that particular software has the power it has to do you know clone a lot of objects along a path uh, points edges everything and then you can do non-destructive things with that with deformers and things like that and then just you know Uh, take them off and I mean some of the stuff I've seen um, that character or animators have done with with those motion graphics um, um, with Cinema 4D are
1: just they just blow me away every time I see them it's just amazing. So let's let's just go ahead and discuss since we're talking about that the the different kinds of software that are used for animation you know there's there's different types of animation like uh, you were talking about Motion Builder and how that's used for you know primarily animating characters Uh, and I think that's primarily used for uh, you know uh, lifelike, you know, taking motion, you know, getting a motion capture. Uh, Bipedal characters. Yeah. Human exactly. World. Yeah. And, and creating a real, very realistic, um, animation. Whereas if you're doing a more stylized kind of, kind of thing, you might be doing keyframe animation. And so motion, motion builder is not really set up to do keyframe animation. Uh,
2: no, I mean, I, I, you can do it. Um, and it's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's not easy to do. Um, I've tried, I've tried many, many times. Um, and I've, I'm pretty much, advanced or to near expert user in it. And still I would I would prefer to go to, to Maya, rig up a character in there and, and uh do my keyframing there because you can do so many more controls. And and the melt there's no such a there's no you have to do Python um, scripting in um Motion Builder. There's no Mel scripting oh I
1: see. So you got enough so, coding. Okay.
2: Yeah. And and you look try and look for plugins for it. And there there really isn't anything for Motion Builder to like um, I mean doing facial rig, for example. Um, where you have the controls on the screen that's that's super difficult to do in motion builder um unless you're um, you know a, a tech artist uh, you know pl- a programmer uh, yeah and, and
1: we're not we're not really covering two uh, d animation in, in this podcast, oh, yeah. but we're there there that. are there's a whole slew of products out there for doing two d animation we're we're kind of focusing on three d animation for this podcast, but um, you know, maybe we'll do another podcast based on you know, for 2D or 2.5D animation.
2: Absolutely. Um, I, have a, I have a list of uh, really, really cool um, software for that as well. But here's something interesting. Um, a few years ago, um, a uh, software came about uh, called uh, I, I say Cascader, but it's Cascader. Um, I believe it's out of Russia and it's a physics based animation software. And that to me, I just took another look at it just the other day and it's. It's pretty impressive what you can do with that package um, to either modify motion files that you got, or, or you know motion capture files, or start from scratch keyframing. Mm-hmm. And they use physics-based um, AI in there to help with posing and what you normally would do uh, in the physics in you know real real physics um, sure, character sure, animation. Yeah. They mm-hmm. respond to that. It's pretty amazing. I haven't delved into it too deeply, but right now they're um you know if you go check it out it's it's free right now for early adopters so i'd, I'd go and check that out and of course um another free program out there blender
1: oh, blender is well, an awesome awesome piece of software i mean for i mean for the price you you get i mean you get cloth simulation you get hair simulation i mean i'm kind of getting the effect the effects realm but uh, we'll, we'll hit that up in a second but but it, it, i mean your animation options are are i mean it's, it's basically got everything maya's got i mean if you for practical purposes yeah
2: everything and then since 2.8 came out the new interface um it's it's pretty amazing there's even guys that i know in the um studio i was at uh, just previous to the one i'm at now um they started using that um exclusively to do modeling and and boolean operations and um it's pretty and and the render that comes with it is really amazing looks really awesome
1: yeah, I'm I'm impressed with Blender. I, I would I would encourage everybody who's just getting started, you know, uh, and we're, that's actually uh, the subject of our next podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, Blender is probably probably the go-to package for anybody on a budget who's just learning to you know looking to to learn 3D animation or CGI. Uh, it just got it's got an effects module. It's got particles. It's got you know, um, the ability to import motion capture and and to do keyframing and. Uh, but you know, one kind of animation we haven't really talked about is, uh, procedural animation. And I think that's where C4D really stands out. It, it's, uh, and even max for that matter, uh, it, it, run, it runs on, on procedural animation, which, uh, kind of allows you to do you know, highly complex animations with, without having to really learn programming, so to speak. And it's based on uh specialized rules that, that it, ha- it has follows, you know, rules that, that govern how, how the, you know, the behavior of the, of the, uh, uh, of the animation so you know it's not like a, it's different in a simulation where you actually uh you know you have to cash out and and, and run because one thing one event is based on another event uh whereas procedural animation you, you can you can come up with with an amazing com- complexity like uh the, the uh the beard of um what was the character in, in uh, pirates of the caribbean uh, the uh, captain with uh, the uh, dave jones David Jones thank you. Yeah, I mean his his a lot of the tentacle, uh, tentacle animation was was procedural. Um and while it did have, you know, some physics based uh, you know, it, it did collide with, you know, did have collision capability, it was it was animated uh, via uh, procedures.
2: Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um yeah, that's I, I get blown away every time I see that. Um I do believe they animated on top of that as well.
1: Mhm. Um, they're they're definitely hero tentacles, yeah. That, that, right, right, right. And so the thing is, what's
2: interesting when you met C four D, I mean, the they have what's called um, effectors in there, and those effectors, um, you can actually attach frequency spectrums of audio files to those, um, and and make things you know uh, expand and contract and and clone other uh, and other uh, objects in the scene. Um, there's so many amazing countless uh basically limitless animation possibilities using that um and uh it, it renders it it has some really nice renders v-ray will, will render in it uh, plug in um there's there's a few other renders i believe that uh, that you can get for it as well um some of the major ones are just pretty amazing stuff you can do with that and um yeah i'd love to spend
1: more time in, in c4d myself yeah, it's it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool piece of software. I know Maya has a little uh, module that that now does some some of that motion graphic stuff, but yeah, it it doesn't compare to C4D right now at least. No, not at all. Uh, why don't we go ahead and discuss a little bit about the different software to do VFX? I know we touched on on uh, different capabilities of Maya and and 3D Studio. Um, you well, know, what about I, Houdini? Houdini, well, right? Houdini is the go-to. Uh, is like we, we were talking about. It's the de facto go-to source, at least right now, because um, Maya and and while while they're they're decent packages, I mean they can do a lot of things. I mean, three d Studio Max. I mean, if, especially if you integrate a plugin called Thinking Particles, um, you can do some just amazing stuff. As a matter of fact, a lot of the the work done in 2012 and, and several other Hollywood blockbusters that were were done using uh, Max and Thinking Particles. So, so, I mean, that's still a really fantastic. Uh, and that's node-based, to use. right? Huh? That's node-based. Is that node-based? Uh it is node-based. Yeah. 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 It really is. And that's and what I mean, Houdini is, right? That's why it's
2: so powerful. Yeah. And, and exactly.
1: Houdini is one of those procedural softwares we were talking about where you can you can just basically link up the nodes and 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 you everything updates. You know, it's not like you have to re-simulate things. Uh you might have to cache cache some things out, but you don't have to re-simulate. I mean, that, that stuff is grueling. I mean, we had a, it was kind of funny that the directors would say, you know, for, for especially VFX shot, oh, can't we just simulate that? Can't we just do a, a, a cloth sim or can't we just do a some kind of simulation? Well, you know what? I'll tell you what, if you don't have to do a simulation, don't do it. You know, if you can rely on a, on a package that has, you know, node-based, procedural-based uh, animation, that that's the way to go. Uh, because yeah, because you, really...
2: you can, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, because you can't predict what the simulation is going to do. I mean, if you have your settings incorrect or you you don't have something, you know, placed properly, you're going to get some freaky results that, you know, oh, I didn't want that thing shooting over there because uh, simulations aren't very directable. Uh, and, and I think that's where the, the real strength of procedural uh, VFX comes in is, is you can, it, it really allows you to, to direct and choreograph exactly when you want something to happen, how you want it to happen, you know. Uh, which is something you can't do if you if you just let a simulation roll and it, it doesn't look right or you got to tweak it and fix it and you know rerun it which you know gosh it takes a lot of cpu power it takes a lot of time um, what,
2: that reminds me what what did you mean when you said hero
1: oh uh, like he, well like the hero tentacle mm-hmm. well uh, well okay so a lot of a lot of things i mean if you, if you need a a a well to to what you were speaking of as far as being able to hand animate something i mean if you need uh, say like a, in the case of davy jones you know all the the movement of the tentacles on his face that was done procedurally but if you if that hero tentacle needed to come up and scratch his nose or something um that that would typically be key you know a keyframed, Um or, or you needed it to pick up a cup or something like that that one tentacle would not be part of the procedural animation. It might, you know, have influences from right. from the procedural, but like you said, they animate on top of that to to actually get it to to perform the specific task that it needs to perform. It's it, it's a right. it's and a balancing that, act, had, you know, really. Yeah, and it,
2: have, it would have physics on top of that, right? I mean, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of jiggly. Um, and then, uh, what about uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, what, what do you think uh, specifically? Can you tell us any specifically uh, specifics about any past project um, simulations you created that were cool
1: and complex? Showing the uh, power of uh, Houdini. Well, uh, well, uh, not not Houdini. I work primarily in Maya and Max. I, I'm working in Houdini right now, and, and we're using that primarily in in the game environment to do our destruction because it's so efficient. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have to. We don't have these giant cache files, these big simulation cache files, and we don't have you know a, a, a simulation farm that that we need to to maintain to actually pr- you know get the destruction results that we're looking for. Uh, Houdini is is far superior for if you're going to be doing VFX uh, destruction simulations. Uh, and, and I mean, and uh, the other thing is 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 you really want um, you know the software to to work together. So if you have to do a cloth sim or, or a dynamic sim, which 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 you have a cloth sim that's inv- involved, then you have a liquid you know liquid sim in there. Um, mm-hmm. I tell you, Houdini rocks at doing that stuff because they all talk to each other. All these different different uh, modules talk to each other. Whereas Maya, no, you have to do your cloth, your destructive sim first, then you do your particle sim out over that, and then you do a cloth sim over that, and then you do a liquid sim over that. It's all dependent on the sim before it. Uh, whereas uh, in Houdini, they they you know you can have a piece you know a dynamic simulation hit a cloth and the say if the cloth is is. Um, firm, it pushes. You know, it they they sim off each other. Um, mm-hmm. with, they, they're they're interactive, and, and that's really, I mean, that's that really is is great because you're getting that interplay between. You know, it's real world uh, because you know a piece of you know brick or something or, or dust or rocks or whatever will bounce off a piece of canvas that's that's stronger. You know, that doesn't doesn't give to the 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 weight of the rocks. Whereas some of these other stuff is it's more s- simulated. Uh, it's more um, dependent, where you know um, they don't interact. Basically, one's not aware of the other one. Uh, I,
2: I remember doing simulations in Max, and a lot of times you'd have things, um, um, you know, crossover into the objure, you know, other objects, and and uh, you would have these weird effects going through cloth and things like that. Is that something that uh, Houdini would basically have no
1: issue with at all? Uh, um, I'm sorry.
2: Well, you know when you're when you're when you're creating um, complex, you know, cloth with with let's say a, a bunch of rocks that are falling in or a, bo- a bunch of balls, okay. for example. Okay. Max would have issues sometimes with interpenetration, where the ball would actually go through the object, and you had to do a bunch of offsets in order to get that to not go through the cloth,
1: so you would see it. Oh yeah. yeah that, on, that's how Maya was too. Yeah. Maya was that way. Yeah. It was brutal, just brutal. Uh, but, uh, you know, Houdini does handles no that like, no, no, I'll oh, tell okay. you what okay. Houdini awesome. is the de facto. I mean, that's why, that's why it's such a beautiful package is because it, it's really solved a lot of those problems that the other guys just haven't been able to take care of. I mean, you mentioned fume effects. I mean, yeah, that's great for creating smoke and fog and, you know, fluid type animations, uh, and that was that was good for a long time. But, you know, out of the box, Houdini can 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 handle fluid simulations. I mean, a fluid can push a cloth and a cloth can push a rigid body and and and, and the rigid body can push you know, a grain simulation. I mean, it's it's all, right. it's all it's so smart and it's so it's so easy to handle when it's done in, in the no, the nodal, uh, you know, the nodal uh, structure. Yeah. Um, well, and you, hey, can, you can edit any part of that. Uh, well, you, I was yeah. just going to say, we're, we're running out of
2: time um, for this podcast. And we're going to have to definitely come back to this because there's so much more to talk about.
1: Oh, we haven't even um, talked about compositing. And, no, we and, haven't
2: talked about uh, you know any of the, the terrain generators or in any of the other things I wanted to talk about today. Geez, what a bummer. Um, but uh, do you have uh, any last words that you have? Because I have a little bit.
1: Well, yeah, I, I would say something that we, that we, that we should touch on here as far as, you know uh, what you might need. Uh, I really wanted to get to, to compositing software and, and, and what, I mean, cause that's, that's really, that's like half of VFX. Right. Um, but I'd say, um, you know, if, if you're mm-hmm. on a budget and, and you say you get blender and you're learning all this stuff, you know, once you, once you learn compositing uh, I would just say, start looking at the, uh, you know, you don't have to create fire and you don't have to create lightning. And, and I mean, there's a plenty of, of, of stock footage libraries out there that that make up all sorts of, they, they've got all, a lot of pre-rendered uh as well as live action, VFX for use in your, your productions. Um And so I, I think we're going to have a separate podcast on compositing, but it, it saves you a lot of time and they're great for beginners and pros alike. And, you know, they've got muzzle flashes and fire and embers and smoke and dust and slime and and a right. host of other you know water effects splashes and uh, yes. you know just it's just am- amazing what you can what you don't have to do yourself you can actually just buy them pre-rendered or or or, or you know as as video files um uh, mm-hmm. video Copilot is a really great place to go a uh, film stock is another good one and uh some of our friends over at action vfx have some really great uh a la carte as well as effects packs that you can just buy and and use you don't, you know you don't have to become a VFx expert uh, to, to, to use those things so
2: no uh, and there's also open source um, some open source stuff for that as well that you can use be absolutely Blender. um well I also wanted to say just you know if you're if you're you know if you're new and you you wanted to get into the industry um, just just make sure and if you're looking for a specific software to do certain things you're obviously going to want to go on some of the the popular job sites like glassdoor.com creativeheads.net, and just make sure that you look at the job titles that you want, or you're thinking about. Hey, well, I want to get into that or do that. Um, each one of those will have uh, technical software requirements uh, uh, for that particular company, and so you look at what they're using, and that's pretty much what you want to get uh, use. And so look at look at what most are using, and then go go after that and try and learn that as much as you can. That's good. Advice. Well. Yeah, well, we really hope you enjoyed uh, our in-depth discussion, answering the question, what is the best software to do, CGI animation and effects? Today, we talked about how the different software can be used for creating different types of animation or VFX, as well as what you might want to do before spending all your hard-earned cash on that software. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it valuable in some way, please make sure and share it with your friends. And be sure to let us know if you have any ideas for any future podcasts that you'd like to hear by leaving a suggestion or comment in the comments section below, or feel free to head over to our website, the cgbos.com. Go up to the about us menu and click on, ask us anything and ask your question there.
1: Yeah. We'd love to hear from you guys.
2: Yeah. We, we appreciate you being with us today uh, for today's podcast. And if you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to hit the like button and like uh, and click on the notification bell so you'll be notified of any new podcasts and definitely subscribe to our channel so you won't miss out. We're looking forward to seeing you again for next week's podcast, where we'll be answering the question, how do I get started learning 3D animation VFX? We'll see you back here next week.
0: That's it for today. We hope you enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, what is the best software to do animation in VFX? Thanks for being with us. If you're watching on YouTube or other social media, please give us a like and a comment. If you haven't yet subscribed, please hit the subscribe button and ring the bell to be notified when we post a new podcast. You can listen to our podcasts on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. You can contact us on our website at thecgbros.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. Oh, and don't forget to tell all your friends about this podcast series. Be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, How do I get started learning 3D animation and VFX? This has been episode 2110 of the CG Bros. CG Insider podcast. See you next time.